Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. One of the things I love about researching death, the afterlife, and the greater reality in which everything takes place is that there's always something more to learn. I've been doing this for 50 years. I haven't still learned it all, and I still keep coming up with new things that are wonderful. And as Tricia Robertson said when she was with us last week, as the wonderful Dr. R. Craig Hogan keeps telling us, and as are my very favorite scientist, the extraordinary Dr. Bernardo Kastrup in the Netherlands, as he also keeps bogglingly saying the leading edge of all our research now is consciousness. Consciousness is all that ex- actually exists. We, the other things are all manifestations from consciousness. It creates, it underlies everything else we think is real. And we know for certain now that consciousness is not produced by our brains. Instead, it creates and it animates our whole bodies. It doesn't even only attach to the brain. I used to say that your brain is just a two-way radio in the head of a meat robot. And that was a laugh line back when I did speaking engagements. I've stopped doing them because I just don't have time with all the other things I'm doing for you. It wasn't that it was ever really funny to say that. It was just surprising because as recently as 2012, the notion that your meat brain isn't the source of who you are was still a radical idea. Until very, very, very recently, afterlife researchers were alone in talking about the primacy of consciousness. Now, though... Everybody knows that consciousness is primary and pre-existing. There is no other explanation that fits all the evidence. Just as the greatest physicist of the 20th century, who was Max Planck, told us a whole century ago. Of course, we know traditional scientists are very, very late to this glorious party because they accept this core truth with such reservations. Basically, they don't ever admit it. A lot of them know in their heart of hearts that it has to be right. They're just trying to hold back the flood at this point, fingers in the dike. Because when they accept this core truth, they will have to abandon a lot of the theoretical physics that's been done in the whole past century. But our advice is just... Do it now, dear physicist friends. Do it now because you're going to have to do it sooner or later. Consciousness is all that exists. And among the many facts that fall out of knowing that consciousness is primary is the realization that people who have damaged brains are still whole and well at the level of their consciousness. And they may very well, at least intermittently, be aware of their present situation and be trying to communicate with us. This fact has lots of implications for people who love someone with Alzheimer's or a brain injury or whatever. And today we are going to talk about that. This is the first time we've ever had a guest who is an expert in this field, so I'm excited to welcome her. Our guest today is Louise Hauck. Louise is a clairvoyant, intuitive spiritual counselor, author, and speaker. And like many people, she has psychic abilities and she uses them in a wonderful way. She's done considerable work with people who can't communicate verbally, and she supports their caregivers. And She's written a number of books, but lately she's written this lovely little handbook called I'm Still In Here, Intuitive Assistance for Caregivers Tending to Those Who Can't Communicate. 
And since many of us have a loved one, or if not now, then we will have a loved one in our lifetime who is in that situation, we're going to have to talk today about these people whose damaged brains make verbal communication so much harder. This is a gift to you for later if you don't know anyone like this now. My own father-in-law had Alzheimer's. He was fortunately a stepfather, so we aren't worried about my husband, but he got Alzheimer's quite young, and he was totally nonverbal. And I'll tell you that how he one day spoke to me, totally out of the blue. It was I, I didn't understand it back then, but I, I do understand it now. Today we're going to talk with someone who really understands how to help people whose damaged brains make it verbal communication very much harder. Louise, welcome. I'm so glad you're with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I, I get excited, to, frankly, to so often to talk to people, but when they say that to me, it's always surprising. I think, oh my goodness, you, you're doing me such a favor being here. But I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad you're enjoying it too. People who listen to Seek Reality routinely really like to get to know who our guests are, and you're going to be telling us some amazing things. So it, maybe it would be good if you started by telling us a little bit about who you are and how you came to do this work. Well, I'm I'm currently so focused on exactly what you have researched and, and are so wonderful at, at exploring with non-local consciousness, a term coined by uh, a friend and colleague, very gracious colleague, Dr. Larry Dossey. I think mm-hmm. he coined the term non-local consciousness. And when you say that scientists are starting to come to the front, hooray, I mean, it's yeah. for that. Yes. And... and where I stopped referring to loved ones in the non in as being in the on the other side, too many clients were were perceiving it as a place. Is my mother there? Can she come here? Yeah. And and when I focus on on the the characteristics of non local consciousness, just like you say, like a two way radio, I, it's really no different when I'm interpreting for the higher self of one with dementia, stroke coma on life support and those in the non-physical which is how I refer to the other side these days and it's all that stream of consciousness my book streaming consciousness defines that whole thing it's a particular frequency and loved ones in the non-physical look a little more translucent to me but those the higher self of those in the physical it's really all the same and those in the non-physical love to show specific moments when clients have dialed them in when they open their heart. That's the, that's the frequency. They give me, at the end of sessions interpreting for those in the non-physical, I always ask for a sneak preview of a cosmic wink. They'll be sending the client to confirm that we have had this conversation. I do the same with those with dementia, those who can't communicate. And they'll give a sneak preview. They'll show me. It's like charades. The pantomime yeah. scene that will be coming up, which is being sent from their higher self, like those in the non-physical, to confirm that we've had that conversation. And when you mention your father and how he came through with such a lucid um, <clears throat> communication or message at one point, after interpreting for the higher self of um, a fellow who hadn't, he he had stopped eating and talking and his two daughters in Alabama were caring for him. And I'll never ask, I'll never say, what's keeping you here? And, of course, 
families with those with loved ones on life support, they're they're off or with dementia for years. You know what's keeping them here. I never say what's keeping you here. It's their own timing, but I'll say what are you still attached to? And the father uh, pantomimes just or just transmits um, the stories, and the daughters said he had been uh, in. Pearl Harbor, and his ship was kamikaze three times, and he never oh. talked about it all, oh, all his my. life. They never knew they knew never knew he had severe PTSD until later years when he started telling the stories. So I telepathized to him: "When it's your time, the stories will go with you. All who love you, uh, keep them in their heart." I said, "What else? The gold." I remember the story laughed. from your book. Yes. <laughs> yes, the sisters laughed. And said it's the gold Cadillac that he wanted yeah. to inherit from our uncle, and the uncle lived to be 102. But Dad Darn it. got it. That's <laughs> in the parking lot, and the wings on this on this old Cadillac are blocking traffic. But my point about uh, sneak previews of cosmic wings, the cosmic wing, the sneak preview he sent was somebody sitting up bolt up. up bolt upright and staring into the eyes of one of the daughters well they emailed me later that that afterwards they went to sit with their dad and he suddenly sat bolt upright and looked at one of the daughters wow. and said what the hell has everybody been talking about so it seems to be this like you were, you were saying with your father-in-law um but i'm fascinated how with how similar the messages are. And the reason I reached out to you initially was because of what I'm referring to as Mikey School, a wonderful yes. book uh, yes. about Mikey flying high in spirit. <clears throat> and uh, loved ones have always transmitted, but it seems to be getting more refined now. I guess the old spiritualist way of saying it is that the veil's coming down, but I'm just saying it's just this very same frequency. And loved ones are getting even better at pantomiming and and showing how they're so excited. And I, I've started calling it going to Mikey school. Where I love that. Getting, I'll tell Carol that. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like something is shifting here, that, that the veil yes. is getting thinner. It is coming down. It is all the same frequency. And, and they will come through sometimes with treasure hunts, they come through excited to be learning how to transmit, going to Mikey school, um, confirming uh, unresolved or, or solutions to unresolved problems. And uh, one, one example of the, uh, the treasure hunts that they'll set up, so the client's loved one comes in, and again, I want to emphasize, it's the same kinds of messages I get from the higher selves of those with dementia or those who can't communicate. Yes. So he shows me a fish tank, and they love to, sh- to opening. The opening scene is usually of a, a very specific word or scene where that my client opened their heart and let, let the loved one in. It, we really have it backwards where family, those who've lost loved ones, think that if they're grieving and having a sense of loss, uh, I mean, and grieving is so important as part of the human condition, but when they're so shut down that the loved ones can't get in, they show me specifically where they can come in when the client was talking to their picture, felt them in their heart, um, recounted a, a, a happy memory, and then, then they can get through the door. So the father transmits fish tank. 
I said, were you recently with a fish tank? Oh, I was, you know, I was thinking about that. I was looking at the, the fish tank. He gave me the fish. He loved fish. He loved animals. He loved all creatures. And then the father transmits to me to look out the window. And I look out my window, and there's a family of quail marching along single file on the <laughs> railing on the deck outside. Right. Oh, then wow. He, wow. <laughs> then he points, to, he shows me uh, something on the client's wall. This is all done remotely, which works the best. Something on the wall that looked like a certificate. She said it was an award I, I won for my haiku poetry. He was always encur- encouraging my creative side. And she said, um, and there's also a diploma <clears throat> from graduating from MIT. Well, with that, on that particular frequency, in comes a, a classmate who'd passed over who hung out with her and others at MIT. And he said, those of us who are, quote, here or in the non-physical are learning more about going from left brain to creative right brain intuition, and we're so glad you're doing that. And so they're uh, in Mikey school. Um, yeah, contingency. Wow. To help to transmit uh, to to their you know and, and very brainy really bright people to open their hearts and also become more balanced with intuition and creativity. So this it's so enjoyable for me because it takes me on this treasure hunt as well. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. part of this is such a fun fun pursuit. It it I can't imagine a better. I think of it as a hobby, but it's I've certainly spent as much time as at it as I have at my entire legal career so it's kind of like a double career i guess i've led a double life but i'd like to talk about what just briefly what my father-in-law did he was he was fortunately a stepfather as i said so we don't worry that my husband is going to who's already 81 is going to get alzheimer's but anytime soon but he did quite young i don't think i think he was barely 60 and he became totally nonverbal. he he was a vegetable in a nursing home and we we i, w- I went to see him almost every day because it was very close to where we lived and i walked in there one day and he looked at me which he hadn't done in a long time and he said i'm still in here you know oh my goodness well, I said, oh my god that's amazing. He said it with, with like his voice. I hadn't heard his wow. voice in five years. And and uh, and I was flabbergasted, and I started trying to talk to him, but I, he never said another word. But he had like this moment of, of lucidity, which was a, and it, it was at least two years before he died. I mean, it wasn't even part of terminal lucidity. It was amazing. So that could happen, and it does freak you I, out, and it does. Roberta, I swear, that must, you know, it, in 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 that this dimension is the only time we view time sequentially in a linear fashion. I swear your father must have sent that to me back when I was thinking of the title for the book. I'm still in here and knowing me <laughs> having this conversation today. Amazing. Isn't that really a, awesome. Yeah, you just, you just gave me shivers, actually. Um, I, I, it is quite possible that that was meant for now. As we know, everyone, there is no objective time. And where all of this is happening, they don't have time, linear time like we have it here. So it's entirely possible that that was – and I, I swear, I, what, it was – 35 years ago. It was a long time yeah. ago. I never yeah. knew, I, knew I'd be doing this work or there was work to do. Wow, you just gave me a kind of a, a kind of thrill of surprise, but I think that's probably right. Otherwise, why? I mean, that's a little strange. Isn't that something? 
Uh, and, and oftentimes, loved ones in the non-physical, they will pantomime and relate to memories, and the client will say, well, that was 50 years ago, but they, yes. I call it being in a no-time zone. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. Exactly yeah, right. Definitely. But I, I agree with you. I just get all giggly when I'm simply <laughs> the messenger, and I'm relaying this information, and then when the when my apprentices or a client confirms, oh, it's this, 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 and this, I just, I get all giggled, like, who knew? <laughs> it is, it it's is so, amazing. So the universe has such a sense of humor. It's just amazing. And, and it's all one gigantic puzzle. It all fits together. You know, it seems like we're talking about disparate things when we're talking about, you know, death one week. Uh, because that's why, we, this is seek reality. We're just seeking the great greater reality. And in fact, the greater reality all does fit together. Um, that's why Dr. R. Craig Hogan is an expert on how it all fits together and he's been with us 30 times in the last eight years and that's the reason why he can tell us how it fits together in all these different Beautiful. ways but it does Beautiful. and that makes it a treasure hunt it's great yeah definitely so what, what do you call what you do because it's very much like what mediums do do you also speak with the dead oh yes i and i don't like to limit myself and call, uh, call myself a medium but intuitive spiritual counselor and also in my apprenticeship program, helping people fine-tune their own intuition, and we, we customize their own template for them to bring, bring in the information, sort it out, be able to communicate it, and leave another on a higher frequency. There's some very intuitive people who have, might have a negative filter. Unavoidably, we all have a filter that's going to influence how we interpret this multidimensional, um, multi-layered information. And so what's the point if, you know, if you're very intuitive, but it doesn't help expand others or elevate and whatever. So working with them, we find new ways um, to describe the information. I wish we could all do telepathy. It's, you don't have to put it yes. into words. Yes. But, but the, uh, again, the, the information as it comes in, I remember doing a workshop and, um, and positioning uh, the participants to bring through this highly intuitive information. And one very analytical gal, actually I think she was a math teacher, she freaked out when I confirmed the information she'd brought through. And she said, where did I get that? How did it come from? And she could hardly wrap around it. And I have a, I have a picture on my website on the photo gallery of a fairy. It's an elemental that actually came out on film. And it was taken by a gal who has eyes to see. You know, like Tinkerbell says, uh, said, you'll, you'll see it when you believe it, as opposed to you'll believe it when you see it. And when the, this friend, client, showed me the picture, I said, this is a frickin' Tinkerbell, <laughs> not knowing that was her nickname when she was growing up. Oh, and, wow. and it And she saw it on a poppy across her living room. And it came and, and said, will you stay there a minute while I take your picture? She reached in the cabinet below for the point and shoot, took the picture. It came out on film. You can see the rainbow reflection of its wings, kind of a vapor trail where it's been. Yeah. So I was showing this at a workshop in London, and a very analytical fellow looks at it, and he can only wrap around it with his left brain analytical self. And he says, Oh yes, that's the light refracting and rah, 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 rah. Right. And I said so I said, Now look at it through your little boy self's eyes. I and I can almost hear a click when people shift from left brain to right brain. I hear a click yeah. and he says, Oh 
And through his little boy self, creative, yeah. intuitive self, he could see it. Oh, So wow. it's, it's fascinating, consciousness, yes. It, yes, it is, and we'd really only scratched the surface because the only people really studying it are people like you and me who don't have training at all in mm-hmm. in science. Um, I, I mean, it's really. T- I, I tell people it's terrible. I'm a lawyer, and I, I never I never got past algebra two in in high school. Never took math or physics in college. So. What, I shouldn't be doing this work, but I'm stuck with it because nobody else, the people who really should be doing it, still are abdicating. I see signs, and others do too, that that may be changing because it's so obvious that that what we've been saying is right. And when when you asked them 30 years ago why they were avoiding what was so obviously true, they were trying to keep religion out of science. Well, that was made sense when Plato and Aristotle were talking about it, but it doesn't make any sense now. Religion is not, uh, you don't even care what science does. It certainly yeah. is not a threat. And the amount of, Nikola Tesla said that when, when the the scientists start studying non-physical phenomena, they'll, they'll make more progress in five years than has been made in the entire history of science. There's so much to come from that research and we just have to wait a little longer and it's going to be it's going to be a field day we've been speculating about how it's going to happen but um but anyway i want to talk about what you do so you're you um do you have have psychic people in your background in your in your genetic history i i heard of a of stories of my my grandmother who used to wake up her husband and say, you know, hook up the carriage or hitch up the carriage, so-and-so is ill, and he never questioned her. And my mother was a concert. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And my mother was a concert pianist, and she would dream whole symphonies in her sleep and then wish that she'd written it down or or dreamt that that a brother had missed a class. but but I think you're you're so wonderfully left and right brain. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And as you're saying how people are waking up to this, I laugh when I, I when very scientifically minded people will say to me, You know, this is so weird <laughs> and I yeah. say, Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, what what? Tell me. <laughs> yes. really, they just can't keep it at bay anymore. But it but I think the real message is that it's all ha- it has to do with the heart and that's the frequency. Yes, and I remember, uh, you know, those who go to Mikey school and and are come to resolve these things. Same thing with with those, as I say, it's the same frequency streaming consciousness with those who can't communicate. <clears throat> and I can't remember if it's in the book or not, but uh, a client had, was was really exhausted, and she said, "I've been caring for my mom all her life." And no one can stand her. That doctors have quit. The other caregivers. It's, it's in the book. This story is in the book. Everyone, go ahead. Tell the story. Oh, okay. Well, I hate to be redundant, but but I but there's there's a part I left out because it got pretty lengthy. Uh-huh. But um, but uh, so the the I was interpreting for for the the mother, and and the, the daughter was just so fed up. And in comes the non-physical uh, mother-in-law. So the client caring for her mom, her mother-in-law pops in and is showing me a picture of a cart and a pig. And the client says, oh, yeah, I, was, I just found that photo. And it's the sweetest thing. It, it's of my husband when he grew up in Czechoslovakia, and I just loved my mother-in-law. 
the mother-in-law instructs her to find a photo of her mother where even for a moment there was love. And the daughter says, well, maybe behind some photos on her nightstand. And she says, I guess I, I, guess I have some work to do. And yeah. so here's the non-physical mother-in-law. I don't think I added that to the story. It just got so kind of... Yeah, there, was, there was no mother-in-law there, but I remember the, the pig in the cart. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then from the higher self of the cantankerous mother, talk to my picture. <laughs> and, oh, and, there, wow. and it was the first time I'd seen how negativity can actually keep loved ones here. Those I think that's a, that's a very important, yes, and you even say that. You say, you know, we think they're, they're held here by love, but sometimes they're held here by the bonds of, of negativity, of mutual anger, of unresolved, uh, you know, ma- making peace with everyone in your life is so important. Forgiveness is oh, so yeah. important. We don't say that n- nearly enough. But when we forgive ourselves and everybody else in our lives from the heart, that's how we're able finally to Absolutely. let go. Absolutely, and and so the even though it was it was unpleasant for everyone, at least to the to, to the mother, that was a known. That was tethering yeah. her here with all that yeah. hatred, as opposed to where she might where she feared she might go because she lived such a hateful life. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but it but they it's and you know loved ones. I have a, an apprentice from Iraq who single-handedly got her family out of Iraq through Syria and to the U.S., where she runs a very successful tech uh, industry, and she's very tech business, and she's extremely intuitive, very heartful. And she was saying that her mother wonders why the brothers don't come to her in a dream like they do to, to my apprentice. And so... Rana and I were talking about how to help her mother open her heart instead of the the mid mid eastern way of grieving, you know, beating your chest and yeah. yelling to the head. Oh yes, <laughs> wow and yes. So, so standing with her at the cemetery one day, she said, "Mom, if you remember the good things and and think of the love of our bro- my brothers, then now they can come to you." And it happened that night. All it took was shifting out of wow. that shut down dark feeling uh, to opening the heart and remembering the good stuff. And and her one of the brothers is so in touch with her. I mean, I think he must be definitely a teacher at Mikey School now. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Oh, you know, Carol is going to be, she's a lovely person. She'll be, everyone, in a few weeks, Carol will be back. She comes a few times a year, and Mikey answers questions. And when I tell her that you call it Mikey School, she'll be thrilled. So thank you for yeah. that. She'll be yeah. delighted. But um, one of the things that we should talk about is the fact that people routinely who have someone very sick and, and eventually dying, someone they love, often have the experience of having these people wake up within a, a day or two before they die and talk normally. Someone who's, who's been lying there like just a, you know, a piece of matter suddenly will wake up sit up in bed and start talking. Talk a little bit about terminal lucidity. Do you, what do you know about that? Um, I Actually, I think I got the term from Larry, <clears throat> from Dr. Dossi, the uh, end-of-life lucidity. <clears throat> and it just, it's absolutely a phenomenon. I, I work a lot with higher self to higher self communication yes. in or out of the body. And, and I think uh, some, I might call it trickle-down higher consciousness. <laughs> where yes. where that you know that level of lucidity just kind of filters down into the psyche momentarily that that would be my best guess at at that phenomenon 
but uh, but yes, it, it just the, the how conversive and lucid on, on that level of streaming consciousness. But also, I use it. I I merge with a client's timeless consciousness, and I can go forwards and backwards in time, and also on the frequency with loved ones and those who can't communicate. But when I'm pulled to the past, it's often to take them with me to the past to a to a situation where that's stripping them up in the present. And I said to to one client, "Did you love that song, Lady in Red? Remember when that was out and women oh, were yes. swooning, like, so where's mine? You know, it yes, just, right. made them so yearning for a mate." She said, "Yeah, there was a time I loved that song, and I was literally wearing red a lot. And it's a time that I was very promiscuous, and I'm quite ashamed about that." This was so her past self in the past is saying to the future self, my client's present self. Oh, get over it. I help you become who you are today. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it would, be, yeah. it would be nice if all of us maybe could hear from, I don't know, maybe everybody would want to, but I think it would be good to hear from your past self. I like to think I'm a lot more with it than I was then. I was pretty shallow. Um, let's just say you wouldn't have liked me then. I, I think oh. I think you like me better now, but I know it, oh, it's, it's good to think we've grown. Absolutely. But again, it shows the timelessness of that frequency. Yes, yes. There is no time beyond the material reality. And most of our minds, at least two-thirds, they they estimate, we leave behind when we come into bodies. And so that's what, um, really, that's what Louise is accessing, and that's what... um, the, the, there are other ways to communicate with people who are are in comas. The, the most successful that I know of is electronic, and um, it's one of the things Sonia Rinaldi does so successfully, and she's from Brazil. We're going to have her on at some point. I have to focus because it's a little more complicated to do that, but I think it's time that we, we talk to Sonia. But going back to terminal lucidity, what I think happens, because it, it happens just in the in the 24 hours or so typically before someone actually um, – you know, severs the silver cord and, and goes home. What seems to happen is that they're they're separating from their their material brains, so that the 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 healthy part of themselves is suddenly free enough to be able to communicate. I think you know using the body. There seems to be a period there when it's not part of the body anymore, but it's able to sort of ride the body like a useful vehicle, and that seems to be what happens because it doesn't last very long. But it really almost as if they're totally, totally with it again, completely, and they're able to talk and all kinds of things. Yeah. So um, that's, but that's an, the, the 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 scientists actually use the term. To, the doctors do and nurses do terminal lucidity. Yes. That's how common it is, and they they have no idea what's what's going on, but. We also are. Right, so you talk about living outside of time, which I thought I thought your thoughts on that were very apt. The other thing you talk about is gratitude. Talk about that. Oh golly, um, I, when 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 we're in fear, we're it's as if we're down in the basement saying, "Dear God, where are you?" And the voice says, yes. "Up here in the lobby." And and, <laughs> right. and and when we're in fear, loved ones can't get in. And we make dumb choices, and we are out of alignment, so the divine can't work through us, which is creativity, intuition, all of that. Uh, and so the fastest way out of that dark corner is to go to anything that can make you feel grateful. 
open your heart. And then the universe says, oh, there she is. And then come all the serendipitous synchronicities. Um, and, and one more thing to say, if you don't mind, one more little story about our timelessness. Um, uh, a client uh, I was seeing in person, I was staying with a coordinator in Portland, and I could see him come up the walk, and he obviously had health problems. He was coming with his wife. And we started to begin, and their daughter, who I think had been murdered, she popped in. I don't deal with mayhem, but loved ones will come to say, I'm fine, I'm, and they'll show, you know, what, what, what the bigger picture, the larger landscape. But I was suddenly pulled to go to the fellow's childhood, and I'm seeing through his eyes at seven years old. And I said, we're seeing Dad come down the back steps waiting waiting for him to come down the back steps. It seems so conditional. He has to have not been drinking. He has to have not been yelling at Mom. And I said, did you ever did you ever use the expression, waiting for your ship to come in? He said, I'd be literally waiting for Dad's ship to come in. He was in the Navy. I said, but now we're wanting to toss, turn while we're waiting for Dad. We're wanting to turn and toss the ball to the, to the dog. Suddenly I felt his energy absolutely fill the room. It opened his heart, just that memory, taking him back to that seven-year-old, oh. merging with his timeless self. And he said, oh, my gosh, I'd forgotten that's the last time I ever remember feeling joy. Oh, and I wow. said, so you need to adopt that little boy. Pretend you're, he's your foster kid. He's in the, the car seat next to you in the passenger seat. He'll, they'll often bring... Uh, cosmic wings from the past. If it's, you know, if it's a, a little girl, they might see the pink patent leather something rather in a window as they go by, and it's a cosmic wing reminding them of their little diary. Um, and I said, so you you take care of this little boy now. He brings his his dreams, his intuition, his hopes, his his la- his laughter, all of that. And the wife emailed a short time later and said, you know, he's walking more energetically now. But So he wow. welcomed in that little boy self, that aspect of himself that's still alive and sometimes not so well in the past. So when we can parent our own child self, it helps women not keep attracting dad in relationships because they're becoming the mom now and can attract a more adult relationship. So that's just another example about wow. opening the heart. And that's the frequency. Yep. And as you all see, this is not simple stuff, and it's not about death, really, or even about the disability. This is about helping people to reconnect with who they truly are. That that yeah. higher self is where is who you really are. That was left behind. So you could come here and have these weird experiences we have here very briefly before we go home again and reconnect with our minds. One of the great things is in Mikey's book is where he talks about reuniting because he was clueless when he first died. He had no idea what was going on. And then um, he reunited with his mind almost at once. It seems to happen very quickly after you your body has has, has uh, allowed you to go home and it um it's a, it's a great moment and I, it seems to be for everyone we don't realize just how much knowledge and how much awareness and how much experience and how much beauty is in our minds and hearts once we are free of these bodies yes and, and so what you're doing is you're helping people then if they need it to, to be able to relive, to, to capture again some of what's in their higher selves, even though they aren't, they aren't yet ready to go home. That's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Well, I, I, think, I think many of us are here becoming what's been called integrated souls. We're remembering more aspects of our totality, of our total evolving selves. 
gathering yes. up all these pieces, and that and we exist past, present, and probable future. When I go to the future, it's always with the caveat that future information not take the client out of the present. And if you're worrying and obsessing about the future, the universe can't find you because you're not in the present moment. But it helps some clients point towards a new, a new, new possibility. Some don't know they deserve more joy. And I a lot of I people call- think they don't deserve. In fact, it isn't that they aren't oh, sure they do. Oh my! It's, that's a, such a sad thing. But in terms of consciousness, it's wonderful to observe what, what the ego self, I call mine Edith, Edith Ego, and, <laughs> oh, <Lord>. and, <clears throat> and the ego self that, that hates the unexpected, it has to control, nail everything yes. down. Yes. So when I, when I go to the future, I, I ask clients to observe what their thoughts are going to do. So often I'm, saying, I'm describing a potential future scene, and they'll say, oh, that must be this, that must be that. And I'll say... It's future. The universe is far more creative than your imagination can see. Yes, absolutely. And that's, where I came up, and that's where I came up with what I call the plaid boxer shorts principle. And, <laughs> okay, I can't wait to hear this. What's this all about? Yes, and this, this was a client who had lost her lover, was convinced there'd never be another. And I merged with her timeless consciousness, and I'm hanging out in a potential. I always say potential because we have oodles of free will that we can use, and you, you can lock yourself in the closet and never go out where the universe can find you, metaphorically or literally. Right. But so this potential future moment, there's something about plaid boxer shorts, and there was this pregnant pause. Oh, and, and I'm chatting with the higher self of a potential future partner who wears dockers or khakis. And something about plaid boxer shorts says this pregnant pause because her ego self couldn't say, oh, that must be this, <laughs> so this, this, you know, pause. And seven years into their now over 20-year relationship, that future partner that she hooked up with came down the stairs from their weekend mountain cabin guest room with a pair of plaid boxer shorts saying, where did these come from? And she oh. nearly fainted. Oh so my it really, word! It, so it really, it really shows it, all these potentialities floating around out there like satellites. But we yes. have to to be at the, you know open the docking station and be open up the portal by where we are in our consciousness and in our hearts. So that's another. Uh, I think that's wow. a benefit of future information to observe what the consciousness, the ego self, tries to do with it. It's really, it's really humorous sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness, everyone! Reality is not only more wonderful than you can possibly imagine. It's, it's more wonderful than anyone could even imagine dreaming of. There is so much we have no awareness of, and it's all waiting for us to just open our minds and hearts to it. it that's very, very, very true. Oh, that's. Beautiful. We, we are we are so vast. Consciousness yes. is so vast. Right, right, and and we are so much loved. This is part what part of what bothers me. The more I learn, the more I realize that each individual one of us is the most beloved individual in the entire universe. Each of us is, and yes. I tell people that, and they. It's it, it, people, everyone feels unworthy of any of God's love, even a little tiny edge of it. And in fact, each of us is all of it. And I, I just wish there was a better way to help people understand that because it would it would bring peace to so many people to just know how much we are loved. Yes, definitely. There's still a puzzle. Uh, those those in a state of dementia, uh, stroke, coma, etc. Of 
we, I know loved ones. Sorry if I'm off topic a little bit here, but it, I think it, it relates. To <laughs> that's why it's called secret reality. There is no off topic. Everything is topic. Oh, good. That's good. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Um, but but why some? Hey, you know, I I can find out. I can communicate in, through streaming consciousness with that level of consciousness of those with dementia. But sometimes it is really a mystery why why they are still hanging on as i say i i will ask what are you still attached to um to help let go help them let go but in my book i mentioned dan and denise and dan was an apprentice who reached me googling higher self to higher self communication yay look at what's out there what people are becoming aware of and Denise is still hanging on, and and she's now below sixty pounds. And Dan, I don't, I forget. I think she was fifty one when she was diagnosed. And and I've gathered with a couple of other apprentices. We we just try to figure out what's keeping her. Um, one apprentice thought who's who's very psychic, and he thought she might be kind of holding energy for some reason. And I said, but but Dan, can you find out if if it's improving others' lives? For her to be here, if if she, you know, sometimes uh, hanging out, you know, still hanging out in the body uh, gets people resolving things or really opening their hearts to to care and to love, whatever. That's an enigma. We still haven't figured out. Um, so it, wow. it isn't all. It isn't all. It's so facto. It isn't all that easy. But that no. that's that is the most challenging one. And and of course, Dan wonders every day. He goes, still goes and feeds her, bless his heart. Um, but usually we can see what's what's left undone. Um, but yeah, there is there are those mysteries. I'm so sorry. We've, we're coming to, toward the end of our time, and I want to make sure you have the chance to say what you want people most to take away from our conversation today. What are you trying to get people to realize? Oh, thank you. Well, there, there were so much more than we realize in these physical bodies, and that we all can communicate higher self to higher self. You can go to that level of your own consciousness picture a ball of light above your head connecting with that higher level of others consciousness to resolve um years ago i was living in new york i went to meet a friend for dinner she was running late the the waitress or the hostess said you can wait at the bar i'm sitting at this horseshoe shaped bar i'm kind of bored i think maybe i'll hook up with the higher self of everyone sitting around and i picture this ball of light around everybody i go i hook us all up and i transmit (laughs) what an adventure may we all accomplish what we've come here to do for the greater good and everybody but three of the people sitting at the bar looked at me and smiled so we we are higher consciousness if we can get up above the ego self the fear and all Uh of that we can communicate that way that is just, that, what a glorious thing. We haven't even begun to touch on what's going to be possible over the next century, two centuries. If only all of us will come together in love. What a beautiful thing. Oh, my goodness. And, and your, your website is your name. It's L-O-U-I-S-E-H-A-U-C-K dot com. That will be in the notes, so anyone who's driving won't run off the road. Um, but I'm so glad you were here. Please consider yourself hugged. I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you oh, so thank much. thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Again, everyone, we've come to the end of our time together until next week. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you were here today. Wasn't this fun? Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you get that, it makes everything else in your life better. 
Next week, our guest, once again, will be Brandon Beecham. He'll be here for the second time. Brandon is a podcaster. Well, he's a ball of fire. He's a podcaster, an entrepreneur, an author, and a philosopher. And in May of 2015, he launched the Positive Head Podcast. He does it every day. I struggle to do it every week. So uh, you can see how much energy this man has. In in, uh, July of 2019, he started also doing a consciousness-elevating variety show. This is a, a live variety show filmed called Optimistic, M-Y-S-T-I-C. He does that. And then, because he really was trying to reach everyone and help them elevate and understand their true potential, he wrote a book called The Golden Key, which came out in January of 2021. It's called The Golden Key, Modern Alchemy to Unlock Infinite Abundance. And when he was here in June, we talked about the first four keys, but we didn't get to the second four. So what we're going to do next week is finish talking about his book, including what he calls the golden key. So please join us next week. He's another person who that you'll love listening to. And this week, we've been talking with Louise Hulk. She is so much more interesting than I ever realized. She had been I had been emailing, and I just didn't realize how much she had to say. So we're going to have her back. Um, I'm, I'm already sure about that. And she she wrote a book called I'm Still In Here, Intuitive Assistance for Caregivers Tending to Those Who Can't Communicate. And when I saw the title, I'm Still In Here, I said, oh, my goodness, there's my father-in-law, poor Ray. Amazing, yes. <laughs> Isn't that something? And yes. actually, the book is wonderful. If you are in this situation, it's it's a good book to have that you can just, in the times you're away from doing caregiving, in the times you need to be uplifted, it's full of stories, it's full of advice, It's it's and it's short. It doesn't take you a long time to read through it. I found it very enjoyable to read. Um, the, the important thing for everyone to know is that there's always help available for you. If you're in a situation where you feel overwhelmed, there is so much help available to you. And if you want my advice, as you know, you can always reach out and I'll suggest books. I'll suggest other things you can do um, because Louise and I and so many others only live to help you help you to make your life even better. That's our whole goal and our whole role in life. So let us help you do it. Oh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Louise also, I'm sure, would be happy to hear from you if you'd like. You can reach her through her website. And I just want to put in a little pitch for our friend Mikey Morgan because he's come up today. Mikey's cool. What a wonderful thing. Mikey Morgan is a sixth level being, the level right below the source. He's the highest level being who is in communication with the earth and through someone he knew during life and how did he accomplish this he last lived in the 1600s and then he decided to be reborn in 1987 and he he died in 2007 at the age of 20 um, in an accident a planned accident this was his last exit point specifically he did this and his mother swears she never would have agreed to it but he says she did he did this so he could communicate through carol and that's what he does now and he answers questions i i know them i've known them almost since his death and i have watched him answer hundreds and hundreds of questions complicated questions in some cases i sort of went eh, you know winced a little as i listened for his answer because what if he got it what if what if i had it wrong because i was starting to trust him more than i trust me i've never seen him make a mistake even in subtle things even in surprising ways he knows much more than anybody living does i promise you that and he comes back and he answers questions 
for all of us. If you have any questions for Mikey, you can either go to afterlifeforums.com where he holds forth or um, just email a, a question to Mikey to me and i will send it to carol and carol will ask it and we'll hear about it next time he's here but the book is called flying high in spirit a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven because in fact that wonderful snowboarder when he died became much more expert than he ever became in life he's still doing it where he is now so i get a little yes you know what I love the most uh, from Mikey is when how he describes the way they send cosmic winks. I, that is yes. precious, precious. Yes, yes. Just so he, delightful. He, one of the things he does that's beautiful is he teaches people who have just died, especially young people and children, how to communicate with and comfort their families he's just he is just a beautiful person but he he talks to us like a 20 year old you know american kid uh and he's yet he's this very advanced being anyway wonderful wonderful story i just wanted to make sure that if you wanted to hear more about mikey you knew about his book which is called flying high in spirit and i featured on my website even though i didn't write it um i'm very committed to promoting it anyway as you know um i have Books, too, uh, Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, all the fun books, and um, uh, and a children's book called The Fun of Meeting Jesus, beautifully illustrated. I can say that because I didn't do the illustrations. All my books are available on Amazon, of course, and also in bookstores if you order them. And um, all of the adult books are available as as audiobooks. Many people would prefer to listen uh, that rather than read. If you want to talk about any of my books or anything at all, don't hesitate to contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer every email just to make sure I have your right address. And meanwhile, we have really have come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and please make the most of this coming week in our one gigantic reality. It's both material and non-material, and most of it, frankly, is non-material. But it's all one. Know that you, you in particular, are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in the universe, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.